Hello, and welcome to Monday Night Football, your voice for youth soccer, not just for Louisiana, but for the entire northern Gulf Coast. And now, introducing your host, Alan DeRitter. Hello, everybody, and welcome to our November 4th version of Monday Night Football, your voice for youth soccer. We always start our show off with a prayer. And with Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Dear God, thanks for giving us this show, giving us this show throughout all these years and helping it uh, uh, to really be a bond between our communities of prep soccer and youth soccer from Shreveport to New Orleans and Monroe to Lake Charles. We pray that we'll be able to continue to be on the air and get the support that we need and continually give these uh, young men and women a chance to have their accomplishments um, discussed in a statewide uh, audience. In Christ's name we pray, amen. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Okay, everybody, um, I'm Coach Alan DeRitter. I'm the head soccer coach at De La Salle uh, for the boys and girls, and also the director of coaching for Soccer Innovations of America. And I welcome you to this week's edition of our show. Last week, we previewed the girls, and uh, we had really good uh, conversation. Um, and this week, we preview the boys. Uh, if you want to listen to our pre- uh, previous edition, all of them, you can go to Crescent City Sports, um, okay, or at our um, anchor.fm um, website. Anyhow, uh, this week, we're going to go uh, through the boys. And uh, we're really excited about that. Uh, we're going to have on segment two our uh, interview with Logan Hodson, a new head Boys coach at Central Fouche High School. He's going to give us uh, the take uh, from a Bayou perspective on Division One, anyhow. And then, uh, and then we'll kind of look at uh, the rest of the state afterwards. I would also like to tell y'all that um, on Tuesday we're going to be doing a Facebook Live. Really looking forward to that. That's again on Tuesday. Uh, we're going to be on for two hours. And what's really good about that is that you'll have a chance to participate live. And um, I know a lot of y'all out here are just very, very shy. I don't understand that. A lot of us aren't shy on the sidelines, but when it comes to being heard by everybody statewide and everybody taking note and and taking notes, um, it makes a lot of people nervous. And uh, I wish I, I wish it wouldn't happen. But anyhow, uh, all you fans also, we're not just talking about coaches and players, all you fans out there, uh, it, it'd be really good to hear you Um uh, get involved and listen to us. Okay. So, uh, that's going to be again on Tuesday, November 5th. Uh, um, we're going to be on the air really for two hours between five and seven, and it's going to be a really wonderful night. So mark it on your calendars again, Tuesday on the 5th between five and seven o'clock. Okay. Let's go over, let's go over, uh, which, what has happened in the past and, and what we have in the present. Okay. And boys soccer, um, you have District One, uh, which is uh, again. I, I think I think it's just too many teams, uh, too much geography. You got Airline Alexandria, Bird, Captain Shreve, Natchitoches, Pineville, Ruston, Southwood, and West Monroe. You basically have half the state in one district. I know that there's an argument that well, uh, you know, um, uh, there's not that many teams for three districts to be formed and. And whatnot, but man, that that that's a heavy burden to have uh, to have that much geography 
to cover as well as the teams. I mean, in District 4 and some other districts, you have like eight or nine teams, but they're within 15 minutes of each other, you know? Uh, traveling between Shreveport and Alexandria is, is not just a walk in the park. It, it, it takes planning and money and all that. Anyway, uh, from this area here, uh, I'd be taking a shot in the dark. I would really like to have coaches from this district to call in on Tuesday and let, let me know what they think. Okay. It's a, it's easy to look at the playoff brackets, uh, from a while back and, and pick a winner. Um, um, but I just, I'm just, uh, I'm just not qualified to do so uh, when it comes to that division. So uh, I'm not, I'm not going to bother with that. And uh, I would try to get some information from somebody from up there. Uh, last year, Alexandria got a buy uh, and they beat one of their district rivals, Pineville four to three. And, uh, and so uh, there you go. You have two, two teams uh, from the North and, uh, and they want to be eliminating each other. Anyhow, Pineville beat Fountain Blue one, nothing last year. Which which is a pretty good result too, you know. So uh, West Monroe gave Mandeville all they can handle, um, and as a 17th seed, and lost one to nothing last year. So I guess those might be the dark horses. Captain Shreve wound up beating Acadiana one nothing, but then just got destroyed by Dunham Springs five to zero. So North Louisiana is kind of scarce, uh, I think. Alexandria really has a good squad. They wound up losing to North Shore two to one last year. And, uh, and Alexandria was a consistent top 10 team last year. So um, anyway, uh, uh, that division here is uh, is kind of, we uh, all of us in the South, we have a hard time with it because we really just don't understand it. And uh, I've tried to take my teams up there as much as I can, uh, but it's just very expensive. It's just expensive for them to come down here. It's always going to be the tail of the tape when it comes to, when it comes to, um, Louisiana soccer. Now in District 2, the Lafayette, Lake Charles area, you got Acadiana, Barb, Como, Lafayette, New Iberia, this new school, Southside, and uh, Sulphur. And I'm hearing a lot of rumblings about Southside. Um, uh, it used to be in the good old days, Acadiana and Lafayette were a lock, and Barb as well. Uh, Barb still continues to get a lot of attention. Um, uh, they really haven't had a... Uh, um, uh, disillusionment of the talent uh, with with a lot of Catholic schools open up. St. Louis is pretty much the mainstay over there. Uh, but in Lafayette, you have St. Thomas More and then the growth of Turlings. And it and it's just uh, uh, divided the talent in Lafayette. So Acadiana and really um, Lafayette are not the powerhouses they once were. Having said that, uh, they are still powerful. Brother Martin uh, wound up beating Barb last year six to nothing, and that score just bewilders me. I remember when I was head coach of Brother Martin, we were just blessed to get out of Barb in a semifinal game uh, one to nothing. So uh, Lafayette uh, wound up having a bye last year and then lost to Dutchtown, uh, which, which you know, as well as I do, Dutchtown is really good. And then Acadiana wound up being a 21 seed, losing to Captain Shreve. So in Division One, um, uh, Lafayette area uh, doesn't have the uh, the the spark it used to have. Southside might be the exception to the rule. We don't know much about them, and uh, they are drawing uh, a lot of kids from the Youngsville area, which I'm sure will play for the Dynamo and that and and that club. So District Two is is kind of a mystery as well. When it comes to District Three, you got some powerhouse teams, I think. Okay, you got Zachary Walker, Denham Springs, Central of Baton Rouge, Catholic of Baton Rouge, and Baton Rouge High, and all those teams are uh, pack a punch. 
um, when it when it comes to soccer. Catholic Baton Rouge is just not not being able to get to the forefront like uh, in the eighties. In the eighties, y'all, for those of you who are young, they they ruled the roost with Jesuit, and uh, and just. It hasn't been the case. Uh, last year, they gave St. Paul's in the quarterfinals a good game. They lose, lost to them 3-1. to one. But St. Paul's really was uh, uh, was never in jeopardy in that game if you watched it. Um, when it comes to now, um, the uh, the other team, Walker. I've been to Walker this uh, playing uh, girls' club soccer over there. This the uh, the facilities that Walker and Zachary have are just very, very impressive and I'm sure draw a lot of players to stay over there, and and to make a difference. And Denham Springs is is not it's not a secret anymore that Denham Springs um, is a good team. They were five seed last year, and uh, lost to Saint Amant two to nothing in a five four game in the quarterfinals. And Denham Springs is really going to be in the top ten always. It's just there's a big jump between being in the top ten and being a state finalist, and then being a perennial state finalist. And um. Uh, it's a couple of uh, monkeys you have to get off your back. And right now, really, Denham Springs, and I would argue Catholic Baton Rouge have that monkey firmly on their back. And it's kind of hard to get It's kind of hard to get rid of. Sorry for that noise. Now, in District 4, that's St. Paul's District. Everybody knows how brutal a district that is. Uh, uh, you got a new coach at Mandeville and really got a new coach at North Shore. So that might shake some things up um, a little bit. When you got Fountain Blue, Fountain Blue is always going to hold their own. And Covington, um, uh, you know, with uh, Jimmy Inman and all those guys, they're not an easy out. But um, uh, y'all look, Slidell, too, has benefited from the Slidell Youth Soccer uh, Club being strong. But the 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 powerhouse team there is St. Paul's. And everybody really uh, thinks St. Paul's is going to run the table again this year. I tried to get Coach Moser on this show, but uh, he's pretty busy. And, and uh, I'm glad, too, he doesn't really, like, brag and toot his own horn. Uh, but St. Paul's is solid. Since Katrina, uh, St. Paul's is is the mainstay for uh, Division One, anyhow. Uh, with with a lot of teams making noise, but they're pretty much always making noise to see who's going to play St. Paul's in the playoffs. I know Jesuit beat them two years ago on that miraculous game. It was one of the best games I've ever seen. But St. Paul's uh, last year beat Jesuit three to nothing in the state finals, and really that game was never in jeopardy. In my opinion, of course, and that's all I have on this microphone is my opinion. Again, if you want to voice yours, please come on board with us um, on Tuesday night uh, as we do our Facebook Live and we redo our preview shows for the girls and the boys. Okay. And District 5, we kind of talk about that in the next segment, so I'll skip that. District 6, the remnants of the Catholic League with Brother Martin Rummel and Jesuit. But then you have Hanville, East St. John, and Destrahan kind of uh, squeezed into the Catholic League there. Uh, of course, Jesuit, um, I've seen their younger teams, and I know what they have. Uh, they're going to be a, a, a force. And, of course, Brother Martin's always going to be there. Brother Martin had the unfortunate draw having to play Jesuit uh, in the early in the playoffs. Uh, they wound up beating Barb 6 nothing, like I said earlier, and then lost one nothing to Jesuit in a really interesting game uh, last year. Uh, so Brother Martin can hold their own. Uh, they always will be able to hold their own, but Jesuit is still the cream of the crop of that district. I like to see what happens with Destrehan. Uh Destrehan with St. St. Charles Soccer uh will have some pedigree uh in their lineup, but uh playing in division one in the Catholic League is a that's a tough out. Okay. Um uh, now when it comes to District Seven, this is basically uh uh 
the teams in the New Orleans area outside of the Catholic League are realm. So you got, I don't even understand how they made this district. Uh, Chalmette, John Errett, Grace King, and West Jefferson. And West Jefferson's coming into Division One again. They've been in and out, kind of like Central Lafouche. Uh, and then you have uh, Chalmette, who, who to me is a Catholic League team. I don't know why they weren't part of uh, District 6. I guess it was because they didn't want to have a three-team district with John Eric, Grace King, and West Jefferson. Whether they're in the same district or not, John Eric, Grace King, and West Jefferson have a lot of rivalry and history behind them. And there are, all of those games are going to be very, very interesting. And then uh, Chalmette is... Uh, Chalmette has, has changed in, in a way since Katrina. It's a wonderful campus, and uh, and they probably have a good shot of making a lot of noise in that district, okay, next, next uh, th- I mean, this season, but not. And, and a lot of those teams are probably glad that Bonneville's not around, okay? Uh, Bonneville's a real powerful team. We'll talk about two segments from now. So uh, a lot of these, these four teams here have a shot to make it. Of course, Grace King had that great, great couple of years. And they had really good coaching, and they were organized uh, um, with club players and the like. And uh, uh, it would be easy with just a little bit of attention for all any one of those four schools to make a run. Let's say easy uh, with attention. That means year-round attention. Okay, Grace King used to be going year-round, and uh, and they kind of, um, um, I don't know, uh, have lost a step or two since they played to the state championship in that really weird state championship game when the lights went out. Uh, all of y'all can remember that at Tag Gormley. That was probably one of the uh, the, the nails in the coffin of Tag Gormley, uh, continually hosting the state championships, which, by the way, are going to be at southeastern Louisiana this year. Uh, we have no idea what to expect from them. We've had some really good experiences in Lafayette the last couple of years. But I do think that uh, having the championships in Hammond, Hammond is an easy drive from New Orleans. I think you're going to see a little bit more attendance from the New Orleans area in the state finals. That could be another motivation for LHSA. I don't know. Well, we're going to take a break. When we get back, we're going to uh, talk, finish our discussion about Division One and District Five, uh, and uh, and anyhow, um, with with Logan Hudson, and then we'll go and, and sum up the rest of the state on Monday Night Football. Uh, we'll see you after the break. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Monday Night Football, your voice for youth soccer. Uh, we're honored to have on board with us uh, the head soccer coach for Central Lafouche High School, Coach Logan Hodson. Welcome to the show, Coach. Uh, thanks for having me. All right. Well, um, uh, with the boys' season, I mean, uh, cranking up, y'all, y'all got to be excited over there in Central Lafouche. Um, uh, how's your season going to go, you think? Uh, hopefully pretty well. This is my first first year taking over for them. Uh, the previous three years, I've been with the girls' program over at Central Foods. But based off where we had tryouts and the numbers, no, I think we're looking forward to a successful season. Okay. Is this your first year in Division One uh, in the last uh, few few years or so? Yes, sir. I uh, believe we were in D1 maybe five years ago. And then whenever they uh, they had redid the uh, districts, we had dropped down to D2 for the last two cycles. And this first year, first year back up to D1. Yeah, when I was at Brother Martin, we had to go play y'all. Uh, uh, so y'all were in Division One for quite a while, and it's a large yes, high sir. school. So I mean, I, I'm not surprised to see that y'all are in Division One. You know, yes, 
How about your district? You got Saint Amant, which is a power. Saint Amant kind of uh, is a is a team that really was disappointed not going to the finals last year, and then a Dutchtown team that almost beat Jesuit. What are your chances in that district? Um, I, those two teams are obviously very very strong, and probably two of the stronger teams in the state. Looking forward to this year, but I mean, I think that if I mean we have talent, we're lucky enough to have a lot of club players in our area, especially with Lacoste Legacy really building up their club system at our school. Uh, I, I think we we have a decent chance, but obviously we have to really be playing well in order to compete with those types of teams. Okay, so looking at the looking at boys, um, why'd you make the change? I'm curious. Oh, well, our previous head coach Simon Battle decided to move on to another school and. It was just, I mean, they were looking for somebody. I've been looking, I've uh, been looking into moving into becoming a head coach, and the opportunity was there, so I had to try. I take advantage of it. Okay, great. Well, looking at, have you uh, kind of surveyed the state? What teams outside of your district kind of concern you? I mean, we have uh, Holy Cross on our schedule, which is always very, very strong. We have Vanderbilt. We have our EUIs, our local local powerhouses. But, I mean, of course. Uh, Looking back at the boys team from last year, we played Cattle Mag. They were all, they're always strong. I mean, up north. So, I mean, always a team we got to look out for. Lafayette schools with the KN, the Lafayette High, this up and coming Southside High, which I know Youngsville has a good soccer program out there. So, I'm sure I'm looking forward to seeing how they do first year in the LHSA competition. Yeah, a lot of people are thinking that they're, they're going to make a lot of noise, not just a little bit of noise. <laughs> Absolutely. Right, right. Anybody in the Baton Rouge region uh, besides Saint Amant uh, give you give you concern? Um, of course, you always have to look for uh, Baton Rouge High, Baton Rouge Mags, always really, really good. Catholic High, obviously a perennial powerhouse. We haven't played them recently, so I'm not really sure how they're looking. But I mean, it, when you look at the state finals, they're always a contender. Right. Anybody in the North Shore give you uh, concern like St. Paul's? <laughs> Def- definitely St. Paul's. Definitely St. Paul's. Wait, St. Paul's, Mandeville High, Lake Shore, North Shore. All the- those teams out in St. Tanny are always running a powerhouse. We definitely have to. They're-, they're the type of programs that we are striving to become. Okay. So Central LaFouche has not won a uh, state title yet in the boys, correct? No, sir. Right. So um, what kind of atmosphere does that provide in the locker room? Like, do the kids feel like they have a chance with the St. Paul's and the Jesuit looming on the horizon if y'all make the playoffs or uh, or y'all just looking to take it one day at a time? How, how's the atmosphere? I would say we're kind of trying to take it one day at a time. I think that they know that the St. Paul's Jesuits are, are on a level among themselves and there's the types of teams that we're looking to become. I mean, we're unfortunate to have a lot of younger players that so hopefully we can by the time they're juniors, seniors, we can be competing on the, the level with St. Paul's. Okay. Um and and does teams like Alexandria Senior High, which is now back in D- division one and uh C E Bird, uh, are they even on your radar? Um I, I have never seen them, to tell you the truth. I'm sure they're very good teams. I just don't know anything about them. Okay. Okay. Do you have any games against Rummel, Brother Martin, or Jesuit? We do not. We do okay. not. Uh, I believe the only team uh, we have out in the world on our schedule right now is Holy Cross, but we are playing in four tournaments, so we may end up coming across some of the other teams. All right, great. Um, do you all have a junior high team? 
We do not. We have we're uh we are just JV varsity. Um, we our high school feeds in from three different middle schools, and right now Lafouche Parish doesn't have middle school or junior high soccer. Okay, understood. All right, you have the mic. Anything else? Anything you want to tell the state about uh, soccer in the Lafouche area and why they should be worried about y'all? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, just that. I mean, we're out here working as hard as possible, and hopefully, we can make some noise this year. Right. Well, Coach, thanks for coming on the show. I really appreciate it, and I wish you the best of luck this season. Hopefully, we'll have to interview you again. Okay. Yes, sir. All right. Thank God bless you. All right. Bye bye. All right, and that was uh, looking at boys Division One from a Bayou perspective, and uh, uh, a lot of the, the Bayou area is a Division Two, uh, like uh, Powder Keg Division Two and Three. So it's going to be kind of neat to see um, to see them back in Division One. Uh, they were always a tough out. I remember uh, having to go to Raceland to play, and uh, uh, anyhow, uh, there's a lot of support for the program. The kids play with passion. They understand. Uh, that they're representing their high school. And and so uh, um, don't take these people out. I'll tell you what, their district, St. Amont and Central Lafouche, I mean, and with Dutchtown and um, uh, HL Bourgeois, uh, the home area has been getting better. And there's an East Ascension team that uh, that was making a run a few years ago and trying to get better. And I like to see what happens with them uh, coming forward. I don't know if they've changed their coaching staff or not, uh, but – for a while, they were they were making a ton of noise, but that, uh, last year they were a 14 seed and wound up uh, only losing to North Shore one to nothing. And uh, I'm pretty sure uh, Coach Lazaro now has just moved to the, the girls for North Shore, so I don't know if that's going to give North Shore a hiccup or not. So we kind of have to look out for that. Anyway, when we come back, we're going to talk about the rest of uh, the rest of the boys' preview on Monday Night Football. Your voice for youth soccer. We'll see you after the break. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Monday Night Football, your voice for youth soccer. Okay, now let's turn our attention to divisions two, three, and four for the boys. I know I'm kind of putting it all in one one show, but we're going to be talking about all this again on Tuesday night on our Facebook Live, hopefully with you participating along with us. When it comes to Division Two, um, yeah, you have such a Lafouche uh, leaving it and uh, and De La Salle leaving it, my, my school. Okay, uh, we were kind of, we've always been a three a uh, Division Three school. And I've always played up, and uh, but this year we, we uh, are not doing that. So you have a change there, uh, and you have teams like Bonneville going, after doing what they did remarkably last year, uh, coming down now to Division Two, which is going to make a, uh, for an interesting mix-up. I think Division Two is going to be a lot of fun to keep up with. Okay, now just like Division One, the North Shore area, uh, not too. I'm not North Shore, North Louisiana area. I'm not too um, comfortable talking about this, but at least they're not put into one whole North Louisiana district, okay, which is which is quite good. You have District 1 with Benton, Benton Cat, Cattle Magnet, Houghton, Huntington, Minden, Northwood, Shreveport, and Parkway, okay? And so uh, lo- looking at all that, let's see. Um, I-, I think you look at last year, Cattle Magnet was a five-seed. I wound up losing 2-0 to Boston in the quarters. 
Uh, so, and Benton was a nine seed and really got all the, gave Holy Cross all they can handle on losing three to one. So, um, those two teams up, uh, up in the north made some noise along with Neville. Neville, their seed wasn't as good as I think their team. And, uh, they wound up going to the third round. They had a 15 seed last year, beating another north team, Parkway. But then they beat St. Thomas More at St. Thomas More. Yo, that's not easy to do uh, at all. And, and then, uh, and then Woodlawn had to go up there, and Woodlawn wound up taking care of business two to one. So uh, really, we had no North Louisiana uh, um, representation uh, after after the third round. So anyhow, District One, uh, it looks like again, Cattle Magnet uh, would be the 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 cats meow in Division Two. It would be Neville, okay? And Neville, if you've never played Neville before, it's a it's a wonderful game to schedule if you can schedule it. I was able to schedule them a couple times, and whenever I've played Neville, I've never been disappointed. It's just a fast, fast-paced game, and they play um, with a lot of pride and uh, and a lot of support too. So uh, Neville's going to be a team I'm going to be looking at in Division Two, Division Three. Of course, you got Boshen. Uh, Boshen's always out there um, trying to win their first state championship, and I know it's a. a it's a pain in Coach Vadrine's neck. Uh, I've had that pain in the neck before. It really just gets aggravating uh, when you get so close and get so close, and then uh, and then not not have it. And um, uh, he uh, has come so close. He had to go play um, um, Holy Cross at Holy Cross last year in the semifinals and lost two to one. And y'all, you want a tough place to play. That's it, Holy Cross. Uh, it's a it's a magnificent venue, and it's getting nothing but better. And their kids really appreciate the support. I mean, the the success the the Holy Cross Tigers have been uh, uh, enjoying, especially back to back state championships. And so they come. And when you have a bunch of a uh, bunch of uh, um, young men in a student section, uh, that's an intimidating environment. It really is. So. Um, that that's something that's something uh, that Boshin has in the crick of their craw, and and they're going to try to really, I think, uh, address that. But they better not worry about state too fast because they had St. Thomas More in, in their division now in their district, and uh, St. Thomas More again, uh, uh, it is they might have they might have had a disappointing season last year, but you can rest assured that they're reloading. Okay, uh, St. Thomas More and Turlings are kind of like. Like Acadia and Lafayette in the past, they're getting a lot of those kids that would have probably gone to those two, those two schools, and a lot of the luster has shown, shown off of Acadia and Lafayette since the rise of St. Thomas More and the uh, uh, resurgence of Turlings Catholic. And uh, I, I really think what you have is uh, in this generation what we used to have in the '90s with Lafayette and Acadiana. So I'm sorry I'm that old that I could give you that perspective in a way. Wish I was a little bit younger, but you can't control your age. So anyway, District 3 rounds up with Burbridge, Sam Houston, and Westgate, and Karen Crow. Now, Karen Crow is like like a roller coaster. They go in and out, in and out of Division 1 and Division 2. Um, Kurt Talley and and the boys uh, way back in the 90s were something we're a force to be reckoned with at Karen Crow. Um, Karen Crow in Division Two makes more sense now with how all of the talent in Lafayette is kind of like just diced and sliced. Uh, Lafayette's a hard place to um, to to be at, I, I think, when it comes to all the competition, uh, recruiting wise, and uh, and how to do it legally uh, is is curious. 
Now in District Four, you got um, Broadmoor, Estuma, Lee Magnet, Live Oak, McKinley, Plaquemines, and Woodlawn, Baton Rouge. And of course, Woodlawn was everybody's uh, um, sweetheart to go. The distance last year, they did fine uh, getting to the semifinals, you know. And uh, but then they ran into Lakeshore, and uh, I don't need to tell anybody who's a sports fan that Lakeshore is just growing in leaps and bounds. Um, um, and on the North Shore, you know, it's, it's considered a Mandeville school, but it's not really in Mandeville. It's outside of Mandeville, and it's getting the population that's growing up there uh, in droves. So uh, Willon had a good run. It was good to see that. And uh, usually Baton Rouge is in that district, but now they're moved up. So really, Woodlawn uh, should be okay. But I would really tell, tell everybody to keep your eye on Live Oak. Played them last year uh, to a one nothing game. Live Oak is well coached, and uh, Live Oak had to go play Holy Cross at Holy Cross, and they lost three nothing. But if they wouldn't have had to run into Holy Cross, Live Oak could have gone to the semis or qu- uh, or at least the quarters. It's just they drew the state champion second round. Uh, that's the joy of being a 16 or 17 seed. So uh, they were able to beat Helen Cox, one nothing, and Helen Cox had a good team last year too. So. Uh, this Lafayette area region, uh, if you ask me, I think those two two teams that I would keep my eyes definitely on. Now in the Bayou District, now you got Central Lafouche out, so you got Terrebonne, South Terrebonne, South Lafouche, and AJ Ellender, and all of those teams really uh, um, to make a district out of them. Uh, they're going to have a good time competing with each other. I mean, Terrebonne did get an eight seed. But then they ran into reality running into Benton. And Benton actually came down to Terrebonne to beat them one nothing. Terrebonne's got a good infrastructure, though. I'm going to play them myself this year. Uh, so uh, if they build from that experience and getting a first-round bye, which I think hurt them, it really does, y'all. I don't, I don't like a bye. Most of the coaches I talk to don't like dealing with buys. Uh, they kind of disrupt your rhythm, and it's illegal for you to play a game uh inside the playoff window with just another team neutral you know so that buy really i think stinks and i think that's probably bit terrible uh if i would get them to uh to fess up about it so um those teams there are gonna are gonna have a four-team um war and uh we'll see if that develops them to be able to get to the deep rounds of the playoffs in district six uh basically you have there the West Bank District now. Shaw's in it. Uh, Bell Chase, uh, Helen Cox, Higgins, and Landry Walker. Landry Walker's got a new head coach, and they had a lot of really good players last year. Uh, Bell Chase has got a lot of club players this year, and Helen Cox wound up losing to Live Oak in the beginning. Helen Cox and Bell Chase are, are to me, the two teams that you have to beat in District 6. Uh, I, have, I, I know the Bell Chase team quite well. And I don't know the Shaw team well. Uh, after coaching at a place, I kind of like to distance myself because I don't want any comparisons or any bad blood or sour grapes or stuff like that. So in a way, I've kind of lost touch with Shaw in the last two years. I coached a lot of their players club-wise two seasons ago. But um, uh, there's no reason for an Archbishop Shaw team to not be good um, with, the, with the talent that they draw at. Shaw. So let's see what happens with this West Bank district. Um, when it comes to District 7, um, definitely you have Ben Franklin. Uh, ben Franklin's always going to be um, a really good team. We had to play them last year. We, I say De La Salle, 
We lost to him in one of the weirdest games I've ever been involved in um, um, in the first round. And then they ran into Lakeshore at Lakeshore and, and got their teeth kicked in for nothing. So Ben Franklin, though, uh, is a team you've always got to watch out for. They, they draw a lot of good kids. But then Ben Franklin is going to be with Franklinton. Franklinton, I don't understand. George Washington Carver and then Holy Cross, okay, and Lakeshore. So that's a potent district. All right. Uh, we've already talked about Holy Cross and we've talked about Lakeshore. There's no reason for Holy Cross and Lakeshore not to be really um, favored to be a, a one-two seed uh, for Division Two, And you're, they're sitting in the same district. Uh, so uh, between Ben Franklin, Holy Cross, and Lakeshore, I think the other teams are going to um, struggle to get into the playoffs. Uh, Salmon's in that um, in that league. And St. Aug, thank you. Welcome back, St. Augustine. Okay, I tried to... Helped St. Augustine in the 90s to, uh, um, to in the early 2000s to to develop a program. They wound up losing uh, too many games as they dropped it, and, and uh, now they're back in the mix. And uh, St. Augustine is what this show is about, what what uh, promoting soccer is about. Uh, every new every high school that comes in with the high school soccer program, we need to support. So all you coaches who have them on the schedule this year, just remember that. There's no need to 8-0 them every time. And who knows what they'll have, okay? Uh, I have no idea what they're going to put on the field. And um, and our demographics in New Orleans are a little different than they used to be in the 90s. So who knows? Uh, they might have 11 ringers out there, uh, but they're going to have to really have their act together if they're going to compete against Holy Cross, Lakeshore, and Ben Franklin. All right, District 8 got a, got a, uh, got a, <laughs> a new player, Bonneville. Okay, so uh, now you got Bonneville, East Jeff, McMain, and Riverdale. Bonneville, East Jeff, and McMain, excuse me, and Riverdale know each other like the back of their hands, whether they're in the same district or not, they're rivals. And, and now you're putting them in a situation in a four-team district where they're going to just be going lights out at each other. I'd hate to pick a winner in all three of those games. East Jefferson reloads every, every year, but Bonneville has been in Division One. And now that they're in Division Two, they're going to really be able to make more than just some noise. They can probably make a run. Uh, Riverdale's well coached and well well stacked with talent, and uh, um, they're organized. Uh, I saw some. They don't realize this, but I was able to see their first week of training, at least a, a one of the practices, because our football team, I coached the kickers on Delosal. Uh, we practice at. Uh, um, the playground that they practice at. And so they were right next to us and, and uh, at Jefferson playground. And, and uh, they had some serious numbers out there and some very, very good athletes. So Riverdale is going to be what they always are. Uh, a really tough team in division two, I guess if you had to pick a pre free pre pick a state champion out of this, it's kind of hard not to pick Holy cross for a third uh, straight state championship. Uh, although I think East Jefferson has got that monkey on their back that they're just tired of not getting to the finals. And uh, last year they had to beat Lakeshore. I mean, they lost to Lakeshore, one nothing in Lakeshore on a very cold night. And uh, uh, East Jefferson, quarterfinals, quarterfinals, quarterfinals. Uh, there's there's no doubt in my mind, however, that uh, Coach now over there, that they want to go to the finals. They're tired of it. And uh, they deserve to get to the finals. It's just, y'all, getting to the finals is is not easy. You cannot confuse high school soccer with high school football because of the fact that uh, uh, we are not split. And so you have everybody in the same gumbo pot. And uh, if we would have a split 
Uh, then East Jefferson immediately would be like the number, the team to beat probably with Neville um, and Bo Shin uh, in a public school league. Uh, but in everybody being in the same pot, you, you, you got you got a rough, rough, rough road ahead of you, which, by the way, I like. <laughs> OK, I think we all like that. You don't want to have just a, a team that's guaranteed to go to the state semifinals uh, by the time they get into the playoffs. You want them to work their way to the state semifinals. Okay, so that's Division Two. Um, uh, let's take a break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about Division Three and Four on Monday Night Football. We'll see you after the break. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Monday Night Football, your voice for youth soccer. Uh, we're going to look at Division Three and Division Four now, and um, looking at this. Uh, you see the perennial powers are always going to be there, um, minus a couple. And uh, But Division Three should be a whole lot of fun. In District 1, Loyola Prep and Sterlington are going to highlight that district. You also have Bossier, North DeSoto, and Union Parish. Um, Loyola Prep, obviously, uh, wound up getting to the state championship. And uh, Sterlington was a team that was a seven seed last year in Division Four. And I fully expect them to make some noise in this division as well. In division in District Two, you have Bolton, Buckeye, DeRitter, Grant, Leesville, and Peabody. Um, I, I, DeRitter is always around at the end of the season. Uh, they were the fifth, sixteen seed last year, and had to run into St. Louis, one of their uh, um, you know traditional rivals. They should be in it again this year, but I really, I don't know anything about Grant. I do know Bolton takes soccer seriously, and that really goes a long, long way. Don't know much about Buckeye uh, uh, or Grant or Peabody, but I do know about Leesville. Leesville is a, is a program that has a lot of pride. Uh, I have a great mascot, by the way, and uh, they only lost to Haynes Academy 3-2 to two in New Orleans. That's a heck of a road trip um, uh, last year in the playoffs, so... You know, you, you can't count Leesville out. If you are uh, knowledgeable of those other teams I didn't talk about, Buckeye and Grant and Peabody, get in touch with us again on Tuesday's Facebook Live. We'd love to hear from you. All right, on District 3, we have uh, Abbeville, Erath, Kaplan, Lake Charles College Prep, and North Vermilion. Okay, all trying to stay up with the uh, uh, St. Louis Catholic Saints. And St. Louis Catholic is uh, a team that was expecting to win the state championship last year, but got knocked out by their uh, all-time rival, I would say, Vanderbilt Catholic in the third round of quarterfinals. Won to nothing in, in uh, Lake Charles. I can't tell you about how many memorable St. Louis Vanderbilt games there have been. And uh, St. Louis really is probably going to be extra hungry. They're they're always deep. Uh, we played them last year at De La Salle, and uh, they just keep coming at you with wave after wave after wave of intensity and physicality. Very physical team. And, hey, if you give this team a restart, you're in trouble because they're, they're one of the best teams in Louisiana at restarts. In District 4, you got Cecilia Opelousas, uh, St. Martinville and David Thibodeau, all probably going to be chasing Turlings Catholic. Turlings uh, had a was a three seed last year and wound up going to the semifinals, but they ran into that ridiculously fast University Lab team. Um, I've had to play Turlings on the road in the playoffs before in Division Two. Now uh, in Division Three, they seem to be thriving, and we'll see what happens this year. 
but um, um, uh, they won't have the 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 uh, the problem of having to deal with St. Thomas More like in the girls, which blows my mind that you can have like Loyola last year that you can have two teams uh, from the same same school in different divisions. Um, uh, that kind of kind of is crazy. Anyway, in District Five, you have Bel Air, Burley, Livonia. Then you have, of course, Parkview Baptist, St. Michael Archangel, and University. West Feliciana and Baker. Of course, University is going uh, going to be strong. A lot of people have said that they have they have really gone, they're not going to slow down this year. And now that they've gotten through to state championship and tasted it with this group, they're probably not going to stop. Um, Parkview Baptist is always tough. Played them last year and tied them. But uh, uh, the word on the grapevine is that keep an eye on St. Michael the Archangel. Uh, they have more uh, than a lot of people are expecting. I'm going to go to their tournament this year and play them and, and find out for a fact um, if all those rumors are true. And I, I suspect that they are. Now, in District 6, the, I don't know what you call this district. It's it's uh, our team, my team, Delisau, Haynes Academy, Lusher, Lutcher, Morgan City, Patrick Taylor, Edie White, and Sophie B. Wright. I think Edie White's the team to beat. Uh, Edie White, um, really, as a five seed last year, they had a very good shot of going. They had a real rough game with Noma after a first round bye. Uh, it wasn't rough with the uh, score, three to nothing. It was just rough with injury. And then Loyola Prep came into town, uh, uh, primed and ready. And here's the deal. Pro, uh, Loyola Prep uh, had to got to host Pearl River and then got to host Edie White. So Edie White really uh, um, uh, being a five seed paid a price there for that. And anyway, uh, I saw Coach Bima at the at the executive board meeting. Uh, I know he's hungry to win his first state title in Louisiana. He's come so close, and uh, uh, I, I do expect to see the Cardinals up and up and at them. They're Cross area rival is Vanderbilt. Now uh, they're in District Seven with Archbishop Hanna, uh, International, Kenner Discovery, Kip, Livingston Collegiate, which I've, I have no idea what, what that, that team, uh, New Orleans, Noma, uh, Pearl River, uh, too, and so Pearl River always gives up a pretty nice, pretty nice fight. Uh, Noma is full of players that I that I've help develop uh, or at least watch develop with um, with soccer innovations of America. So you, you got a lot of teams in that area, in that district that can make some noise. Uh, and we'll just have to see if, if it can uh, pan out. But Vanderbilt Catholic would just be hard for them. Uh, and this district too is crazy to go from uh, basically Madisonville to Homa. All right. I mean, really? <laughs> I guess that was their way of uh, – keeping Vanderbilt and Edie White separated out of the same district. But I, I see a lot of districts where you have cross-area rivals in the, in the same district. So uh, I wasn't in charge of districting, of course. Uh, but these two districts really, I don't know, they don't make a lot of sense geographically. That's just me talking. If you're a state rep, you want to talk talk out loud and defend uh, the, the, the districting there, please come on with us on Tuesday on Facebook Live. All right, let's go to Division Four. Division Four, um, uh, we here in the New um, Orleans area you don't hear much about Division Four, although we have a few of teams that are of note. Uh, in District One, you have Calvary, Baptist, Evangel, Magnolia, North Caddo, and Red River. 
and uh, a lot of those teams really uh, are are not known. I don't know anything about them. Calvary Baptist was a 14 seed to beat Vermilion Catholic, and then the Catholic New Iberia uh, just pummeled them six to nothing. So, and of course, I'm pretty sure Sterlington was in there was in their district too. I, I'm not positive about that though. So I don't know what to expect from District One. In District Two, uh, there's no secrets here. You got St. Fred's and Glamora, and also Delta Charter, uh, Grace Christian, Holy Savior Menard, uh, Washita Christian, Rapids, and Vidalia. If, if I am pronouncing that right, um, uh, you look at first of all, um, Glenmora uh, is a team that is always getting a lot of attention from coaches. They were the ninth seed last year, and then they ran into a country park, a Middle Park Country Day, and lost it three to one. So they were so close to having a bye, and I guess maybe they underestimated the twenty four seed. And and uh, in the rest was history there with Glenmora. Of course, um, Holy Savior Menard uh, is extremely well coached, um, um, and hungry to to go the distance okay uh i i don't know uh talent wise what they do have but i do know with good coaching a lot of things can be um can be dealt with and i do i do know that with their, their coaching uh like i said before um uh, uh, they have to be a team that you don't pay uh ignore they were in division three last year they were the 10 seed and uh they beat bolton two to zero but then lost in New Orleans to Lusher, so uh, so that's something to um to think about there when it comes to them now going to Division Four might be an easier road for them and following the road that they've been looking for. In District Three, of course, you have uh, Ascension Episcopal, Lafayette Christian, Opelousas Catholic, Vermilion Catholic, and Westminster. Westminster is usually pretty strong, but ESA. All right, is there in Catholic New Iberia? Catholic New Iberia is yet to taste pay dirt. Um, and ESA uh, has had a run like crazy that came to an end last year, losing to North Lake Christian in the semifinals four to two. So maybe this is uh, maybe ESA gets back on board, or maybe Catholic New Iberia makes a substantial run. Catholic New Iberia last year. Um, uh, we've been watching them and their girls program too. They're just right up there, usually around a three or four seed. They were three seed last year. Beat Calvary Baptist six nothing in the in the second round. Uh, people beat it. I watched them play uh, Pope John Paul II. My nephew plays for them, and uh, and they look strong. They went to Pope and, and beat them one to nothing. Okay, excuse me, taking that back. Pope John Paul had to go there, uh, but anyway, they beat Pope John Paul, a very strong team, one to nothing. So. Uh, and then they wound up having to come to New Orleans and losing to Isidore Newman, which I've, I've never seen Newman have a rough year ever, uh, depending what your goals are. So will ESA be back? Will Catholic get Peter? Or will we get another or a surprise from District 3? We'll have to watch. In District 4, you have Brighton, Catholic Point Capi, Central Private, Dunham, Episcopal, and Runnels. Of course, um, Episcopal is always a perennial power winning state in 2013. Um, but Dunham has been a team that's uh, starting to really uh, be, be a team that, um, that's gotten a lot of people's attention throughout the years. Now, Episcopal was a four seed last year, and uh, they ran into the uh, North, to North Lake Christian and lost 2 nothing in Baton Rouge uh, as a five seed. So, I mean, four seed, excuse me. So, 
Uh, it was kind of disappointing year probably for them. And Dunham last year uh, was a 10 seed, and they wound up uh, uh, winning against Evangel 8-0. Then Sterlington, which is a really good team, 5-3. to But then uh, at least they scored on Newman, but they lost to Newman 3-1, uh, to and that was in Baton Rouge as well. So this district here, a lot of potential. Uh, in District 5, you have Christ Episcopal, Pine, Pope John Paul II, and St. Thomas Aquinas. Uh, chasing defending state champion Northlake Christian. Northlake Christian, I think, uh, can handle the pressure of trying to repeat. Um, but uh, uh, Pope John Paul II uh, had a tremendous run last year, lo- only losing to the three seed. Catholic New Iberia in New Iberia won to nothing. I have a nephew on that team, and I really do think that uh, they're going to be a force. I- I'm looking forward to playing them. Uh, I'm playing them uh, in a couple of weeks in the um, – Piney Woods tournament in Covington. And I do think that Pope John Paul II is, is a team you got to watch out for. Christ Episcopal is a fun team that I love playing. I do have them on my schedule because they play with passion and, and they have a lot of class with them too. The last game we had is just was a definition of um class soccer. Nobody playing dirty, no, you know, uh everybody walking off the game feeling like they've all improved. Uh uh it's a wonderful place to play. And uh and I commend them for that. But I think to beat um, Northlake Christian is going to be a tough haul this year. Now, in District 6, you got Ascension Christian, Covenant Christian, East Iberville, Homer Christian, Riverside Academy, and St. Charles. So you have a, you have a team from um, Raceland, Covenant Christian, which I'm going get, to get a chance to see a couple times this year. Um, and then you have really uh, teams that are are. are Still what yet to win their first state title. I'm um, pretty sure St. Charles has uh, made noise in the past. I've done a camp or two for them a, a decade ago. Uh, but And they get their talent from St. Charles soccer, so there's no excuse there for them not doing well and making the playoffs. Homer Christian is a school I've enjoyed watching throughout the years. Uh, they wound up beating up Lucas Catholic in the 16-17 game, 3-2. to two. But then they then they got um, beat by Homer Christian. I mean, excuse me, Episcopal Acadiana, 9-1, which um, that's understandable. They were the number one seed. Riverside Academy comes and goes. So really, an Accession Christian uh, also, I would say, uh, is a team that, you know, you hear about them and then you don't. And I haven't really seen them play. So uh, I, w- I would like to know more about them if you call. They were the 12 seed last year beating Fisher, but only 3-2. to two. Uh, and, and then they got nine one by North Lake Christian. So, um, uh, Ascension Christian, I don't think can will, will have bridged that much time uh, within the last half a year to be able to give uh, uh, anybody uh, a run for their money for the state championship. But let, let's see, you know. Now, in District Seven, of course, you got some uh, New Orleans powerhouses: Metairie Park, Country Day, St. Martin's Episcopal, along with Eco Classic, Ridgewood. And this school called Morris Jeff, I don't know anything about. Uh, Country Day is scary. I watched them play Rumble last year. And Country Day uh, uh, can hold their own. And uh, they uh, they are just a solid team. I think they have good coaching. I saw I saw their team train throughout the summer in the summer league. And, uh, and these kids are just determined uh, to become a top-notch program. They were 24 last year. Uh, beating Glamora three to one, and Glamora was the nine seed, y'all, and they went to Glamora to do it, uh, and then, and then they wound up giving St. Thomas Aquinas all they can handle. St. Thomas Aquinas was the eight seed, 
and uh, and Metairie Park uh, Country Day wound up only losing two to five. Um, so that's Country Day. When it comes to St. Martin's Episcopal, they have a bunch of talent that goes there. Usually, um, it's it's a it's a great place to go. Uh, they they have a good soccer field. There's some pretty good interest in, in that in that area, but they've you've not had success uh, lately. So when it comes to District Seven, looks like uh, Country Day is going to be the team to beat there, as far as as far as we could say. See, and we definitely don't look in a crystal ball over here. And finally, in District 8, you have the giant Isidore Newman casting a heavy shadow on Thomas Jefferson, Fisher, and Einstein Charter. Fisher did make some noise. They had some good offense last year. But uh, uh, they, they ran into reality. They, they, gave, they gave a sense of Christian a good game, though, 3-2. to two. Um, But uh, they were the 21C last year in the playoffs, and they could build from that. Um, um, I didn't see many Fisher players playing club ball in the West Bank on uh, but Thomas Jefferson players had quite a few. So I think Thomas Jefferson is going to be a team that that can finally um, go into the playoffs and maybe make some noise in the playoffs, perhaps. Uh, they have a, they have a um, pretty good coach and, um, and some players that, that are serious about developing. And really, all you players out here, if you're not playing year-round, I, I question your love for the game. You, you cannot take time off in soccer and not expect to get very rusty. Anyway... That's our that's our spiel for Division Four. I think looking for uh, the champion in Division Four. I'm gonna, I'm going to be looking at Catholic New Iberia Pope John Paul II, but definitely Isidore Newman, um, uh, Taraj Body. Uh, he's he won mega um, um, I think nine state championships at Sacred Heart in New Orleans on the girls' side, and he's uh, chomping at the bit to get his first uh, taste of state uh, in the boys' side. I think losing North Lake Christian two to one in a really really good game um, has probably got them hungrier this year to go uh, and win one. Uh, so I think you can't take uh, North uh, Newman for granted, but how can you uh, overlook ESA and North Lake Christian? So um, again, we really look at another exciting year building up and all these kids playing soccer. It's so great to see all these. Uh, uh, kids around around the football stadiums right now, getting ready for the playoffs in high school football, wearing the soccer jerseys, getting excited about the soccer season. So uh, what a year we have waiting for us. Again, if you want to give us your spiel on it, uh, Tuesday at 5 o'clock, uh, you can call in or text in on our Facebook Live broadcast. And we're going to be going over all these uh, previews again for the boys and the girls um, at Dallas House Open House. Again, that's Tuesday at 5 p.m. Hope to hear or see you there. Uh, may, uh, may God bless you and your family. Carpe diem in Christ. And we'll see you then. God, uh, take care. Bye-bye.